Hi everyone and welcome to Get With IT, a podcast by IT Ops Times. Here's Jenna Barron, news editor of IT Ops Times. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of our podcast. Today I'm talking to Claude Baudouin, who is the co-chair of Object Management Group's Cloud Working Group. They recently put out a paper debunking some of the prevalent myths that pop up around the cloud. I'll include a link to that in the show notes so you can give it a read yourself after you listen to this episode. But for now, we'll get on with the conversation. So welcome, Claude. Thank you, Jenna. Happy to be here. So this paper that I mentioned came out of the object management group and specifically the cloud working group within the organization. So can you explain a little bit about what this working group is within the organization and why your team chose to write this paper on cloud myths? Yes. So the object management group itself started as a standards development organization, SDO, uh, in 1989. It's actually now a, a family of various consortia and groups uh, in that work on various technologies and, and standards for various um, uh, domains related to, uh, to IT modeling and, and model-based architectures. Um, a, a group attached to, uh, to the OMG formed initially as the Cloud Standards Customer Council 12 years ago and became what we know today as the Cloud Working Group five years ago. And uh, its uh, charter is to be the voice of the customer when it comes to documenting best practices, lessons learned, recommendations to cloud adopters so that they can um, do a more reasoned, a more, uh, I mean, a safer adoption of the cloud. And since its beginning uh, 12 years ago, that group has put out 35 roughly papers. We call them discussion papers. Other people would call them white papers, uh, starting with a seminal paper called The Practical Guide to Cloud Computing. And um, the latest one, just approved uh, two months ago, is this uh, paper on cloud myths and, and realities. And all those papers are available for free at omg.org slash cloud. Uh, you asked, uh, why did we put out this paper? So there's a number of links you can find. If you ask Google Cloud Miss, you'll find you know 18 million links, um, which means nothing. Um, a, a lot of these uh, papers are partial or, uh, I mean, partial in both senses. Partial in the sense they don't cover the entire topic partially in the sense that sometimes there's a bit of a hidden agenda. And we decided in our group, uh, being a, a community of people representing different perspectives and different uh, customers, we decided to put out a paper that was more comprehensive and more neutral point of view based than maybe what existed out there. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I definitely feel like people trust like neutral sources a bit more. So it's great that this is a resource now. So the paper has several different myths in different categories, but I guess to start, maybe you could give an example of just one that's discussed in the paper and how uh, to dispel it. Yes. Uh, so there's 13 myths currently in the paper. We actually have a, a 14th that has been raised since then. So we'll probably put out a revision of the paper in a few months containing the 14th myth. Um, 
some of these myths are are positive myths. They're they're exaggerations that try to make it sound like the cloud is uh, cheaper, faster, easier, and that you can just sign at the bottom of the cloud service agreement and then not have to worry about anything anymore. Some of the myths are negative. They're based on fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Uh, and sometimes they're based on uh, IT managers trying to protect their the, the little empire they built with their a shiny computer room and and their staff of people, and they don't want uh, upper management to risk destroying that by moving to the cloud. So a risk in that category is the one about IT security, um, or especially information security. The myth uh, says basically, if you move to the cloud, you're weakening your security, you're putting your data at risk. Um, the reason why it's a myth is that people uh, don't take into account that they really are not able to protect their data even within the, the supposedly walls of their premises as well as a cloud provider might be able to protect their client's data in their data center. Uh, obviously, if you look at the big cloud providers, you know, uh, Amazon, Google, IBM, Microsoft, um, OVH, etc., these companies have a lot more security personnel than any of their clients has. Therefore, the fact that the idea that security is less once you move to the cloud, uh, especially if you move to one of the larger cloud providers, that's why the, this is a miss. Um, the, the, the reality is that data can be as well or even better protected uh, when it's in a cloud facility and also, an attacker doesn't really know where your data is anymore. If your data is on your premises, the attacker knows exactly where to go to find it. If it's in the cloud, it's harder for the attacker to find your data. So that's the reason why this is a miss. And we expose in the paper what is the reality, and we have a paragraph on the discussion. Another example is cost where there's actually two opposing myths. There are some people who say the cloud is automatically cheaper and always cheaper than an on-premises solution. There's the opposite myth that it's going to be more expensive because you're going to pay a rent every month for however long you're using the solution as opposed to paying a fixed cost and be done. Well, both are myths because the reality is that the cost structure is different. You're paying out of operating expenses, not capital expenses, and um, it could cost you more if you're going to stay with the same solution in the cloud for years. But if something happens and you decide after a year and a half that you need to change to a different solution or that maybe your company got acquired and you've got to change your from one ERP system to another ERP system, at that point, having paid the rent for 18 months is cheaper than if you had paid the entire cost upfront. So there's not a single answer to that. What's important and that we wanted to describe to our readers is what are the considerations that you need to look at in order to uh, estimate or make a decision in which cost is a factor, but it's not necessarily either totally cheaper or totally more expensive. Mm-hmm. We don't have to get into all 13, but what are some of the other myths in the paper that you think would be kind of worth mentioning? Um, there's a myth about the ease of exiting the cloud or changing providers that, you know, once you've made the initial move to a cloud provider, if you decide at the end of the contract 
you may have signed that you're going to switch, um, that it's going to be very easy. You know, you're going to get a receive all your data. You're going to download your terabytes of data. You're going to upload them to another provider. Everything is going to port over immediately. It's not that easy. There's a whole lot of considerations in part because there's not enough standards. Therefore, there's no guarantee that the management tools will be the same or compatible with each other, et cetera. So the ease of management in general, and in particular, the ease of exiting one provider and going to another, that is usually something that the vendors don't want you to know about. Uh, and therefore, it's become quite a myth that it's easy to do. It is not. And we explain that in, in, in detail in the paper. Do you have any guesses as to why all this misinformation around the cloud has kind of sprung up over over the years? Well, I mean, I I could partially blame the vendors for putting out marketing brochures that oversimplify the situation. Um, and of course, I understand why someone who's trying to sell a cloud solution is going to uh, understate uh, or you know make make promises that everything is going to be cheaper, easier, faster. Um, so that's part of the reason. I think the, uh, the the customers want to believe that also. Um, the senior management sometimes wants to create a more flexible solution and maybe they feel that they're being um, a bit held hostage by their internal IT department or that things are are sometimes too slow. You know, we go to IT, we ask them for a solution. Three months later, they they finally budgeted it, started developing. Six months later, we find that we get a solution. If we go to the cloud, we're going to have our solution tomorrow. Uh, so th there's, it's easy for people to fall into, you know, believing some of the positive myths and the the, the negative ones. I already mentioned it. Sometimes uh, IT managers trying to protect their fief. Um, from you know perceived competition from the from the cloud. Generally speaking, we feel that people are just not educated enough about um, these uh, discussions about what things are real, what things are exaggerated, uh, and that increasing that level of education, that level of awareness, will do hopefully a lot to dispel those myths and allowing people to make rational decisions based on facts, not based on, uh, on on potentially false beliefs. So we all know that tech is constantly evolving. And you mentioned earlier that there's now a 14th myth. So what is the new one that you've added since the paper came out? Um, so someone who actually is a, uh, I'm not going to name his name, but he's the um, CIO of a major state um a major U.S. state uh, department of, of information brought up the fact that very often um, people are told that uh, there will be automatically disaster recovery included in the cloud service. So once you are in the cloud, you don't have to worry about a disaster um, that that the provider will automatically uh, you know restore services immediately or continue services. It's not that simple. Um, uh, and and uh, I'm waiting for the write-up on that to, to appear so that we can include it in the paper. But the reality is that it's always a shared responsibility between the cloud customer and the cloud provider 
to provide all these things, whether it is um, a management environment, whether it is potentially, you know, backup and disaster recovery and other things. So the customer should never consider that they can abdicate their responsibility to govern the entire architecture, should never abandon that totally to the provider. They should always stay involved and stay in a dialogue, in a discussion with the provider to understand who's supposed to do what. Um, and that's, I think, what is the core of this new myth that disaster recovery is built into the cloud. It is not necessarily, it's something to be discussed, to be negotiated, to be included in a cloud service agreement. And it is never a hundred percent the provider's responsibility. The customer always has something that they still need to do to make sure everything works. We're just about out of time, but before we end this, can you share one key takeaway from our conversation that you'd want listeners to remember? Um, I think the last one I mentioned, the fact that everything in the cloud remains a shared responsibility between the provider and the customer is really important. Um, and and the other thing is, um, you know, decisions about going to the cloud, staying in the cloud, changing cloud provider, etc. Those decisions needs to be made on facts, not on beliefs. You can't just like walk down a hallway or um, share the uh, elevator with your boss and say, "Oh, we're going to go to the cloud because," and and have that discussion finished in in twenty seconds. It's more complicated than that. The cloud working group has written, as I said, thirty five plus papers. Um, not all of them are going to be relevant to a particular customer, but go and look at that uh, repository of papers, download the ones uh, you might need, especially the one called Practical Guide to Cloud Computing, which is an overview of everything else, and um, use facts to make your decisions. Yeah, thank you for that reminder. And thanks again for coming on today to talk about this. I think uh, our listeners will hopefully find this very helpful. Thanks for having me. 